Welcome to Christ Church Anglican. We hope that you are blessed by today's sermon. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning, everybody. Happy Mother's Day. Okay, let's try that again. Y'all are supposed to say that back. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Day. Round of applause for all of our moms, the moms here and moms-to-be. Every day in downtown Midland, investors and engineers and geologists get together to talk business at the Petroleum Club where the food is quite good. It's all about business, the land, the minerals, the financing, the engineering that it takes to get oil out of the ground. If there was an equivalent of the Petroleum Club in ancient Athens, it was the Areopagus, this open-air square, big intersection, on top of a hill in the city, not, not out in the woods or anything, it was all built up, still there today, where the city's ruling elite held court and discussed and debated the business of the day every day. It was surrounded by dozens of temples, each dedicated to a different god because Greek culture was come one, come all. Every and any god or deity or spirit or whatever had a niche or an altar or a temple or a little thing of candles or whatever on the corner in Athens. There were thousands of them. At the Areopagus, the business of the day was not oil, but politics, philosophy, religion, the highbrow stuff of ancient, intellectual, and very pagan Greece. If you were a Jew like Paul, you sounded different, you looked different, you thought differently. If you were a Christian like Paul, your ideas were even more different than these Athenian pagans. You know there's one God. Jesus is his son, a single incarnation of God's love, the way, the truth, and the life. He died and rose from the dead, especially odd or offensive to these very rational, realistically, practically-minded Athenians. What if you had been Paul in the Areopagus? How would you hope to carry on a conversation with these highfalutin Greeks who were very, very different than you? How could you earn their trust, much less change their lives with the good news of Jesus? Well, we do it every day. We can do it every day, just like Paul did, by being the same as those we encounter, and yet also by being different than those we encounter, by 
becoming the same or becoming one with those we encounter, yet by being different than those we encounter. If you think about it, our culture is just as alien to us Christians as was the Areopagus alien to Paul. I know we're all friendly here in West Texas, and we sort of presume we're all cut from the same cloth, right? But you know, modern politics, religion, SEX, and gender, and all that stuff, everyone's views are so different And everyone gets so upset that we're not even supposed to talk about these things, right? We're just not supposed to touch them with a 10-foot pole. Yet, if you are on the same footing as a person you meet, if you have the same interests, if you share some things in common, if you understand each other, if there's a potential to be friends, That's how we become and are the same as people around us and how we build trust and how we can have conversations about things. And yet, as Christians, we also offer something different, the compassion, the understanding, the love, the acceptance the truth of Jesus. That's what it means to be the same as others, yet also different. We accept people where they are without judgment, and we also offer the love and the life-changing truth of Christ. Here's how Paul did it at the Areopagus, as we heard read in Acts 17. Paul stood up in the crowd and said, Men of Athens, it is obvious you're very religious. We're surrounded by temples. In fact, right over there is an altar with an inscription to an unknown God. Well, that's the God I'm going to tell you about. Bless your hearts, right? Paul started by getting on the same footing as the people around him by valuing or at least recognizing what they valued. The Athenians were into logic and reason, so Paul threw their own bait into the water. So many temples mean you're religious, Uh, yet there's an unknown God. Well, bless your heart. Let me tell you about this God that you don't know about. We naturally do this all the time, right? I mean, small talk, Like you ladies saying to a gal that you meet, that is the cutest outfit, whether it is or not. Or us men saying, well, how about them cowboys? Or what do you do for a living? You know, I mean, us guys are not the sharpest bulbs on the tree. Like Paul, we don't try to straighten people out right at first, do we? I'll bet you, Paul was careful not to signal his reservations or his skepticism with a smirk or a raised eyebrow or a sarcastic laugh. You know how we can sort of do that. We're we're pretending to be one with people, but, you know, we're just 
kind of sending that little message that, hmm, you need to straighten out, pal. But if you were trying to do business with somebody at the Petroleum Club, would you speak or signal judgment to them? Of course not. You'd want your new friend to be comfortable, to consider you a peer, a colleague, maybe somebody they could do friends with, maybe somebody they could do business with. It's the same thing when we meet someone from our strange culture who shows all signs of being from a different planet. We get on the same footing, sharing comfortable rapport. We have the same yearnings, the same desires for our families, the same hopes for peace and goodness. And then as Christians, we are different. We don't get trapped in the controversy of politics or religion or sex or gender and all that stuff. No. We share the love and compassion of Christ. And we don't have to be scriptural experts because we know that love and compassion in our own lives, in our own experience. We share our own story. Here's how Paul did it in the Areopagus. Speaking about one God versus paganism's many gods, Paul said, being Lord of heaven and earth, God made the world and everything in it. Well, the West Texas version of that might be, you know, I've got great memories of hunting with my dad. We had a lease outside San Angelo. I love God's creation. What about you? And the conversation goes on from there. To combat the pagan requirement of making sacrificial offerings, uh, it's like a, you had to buy the favor of Dionysius or Athena or whoever. Paul said, God does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands. Okay? I heard somebody put it another way the other day. You know, I thought I had to earn God's love by going to church and doing everything right, but it, it never worked. I just, I just had to accept God's love, and to tell you the truth, it's, it's been hard for me to do that. You know what I mean? And the conversation goes on from there. Because paganism allowed for, if not practiced, certain sins, Paul also took a very hard line about God's judgment, saying, God commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world, so you better straighten up. Bless your heart. You better straighten up. Huh. After much thought and prayer, God might prompt you to take that kind of hard line with somebody who needs a real shock to their spiritual system after much thought and prayer. But being the same yet different means replacing the tendency to judge with humility and respect. And that's not just modern thinking. It's scriptural thinking. 
We heard it in the other reading from St. Peter, where it said, always be prepared to explain the reason for your hope. It even says to defend the reason for your hope. Now, I always freaked out about that. Oh, oh my gosh, I got to be a scriptural expert. I got to be a theologian. I got to have pamphlets in the back pocket and all that. Makes me nervous as a cat because it's intellectual. It's tough. But it turns out that this being the same yet different is not theology. It's not memorizing scripture, though that can help. It's having the heart of Christ to be the same, to identify with others, yet different, sharing the love of God. Here's what Peter said. Always be prepared to explain the reason for the hope that is in you. What's the reason for the hope that is in you? Your own experience of God's love and tenderness and acceptance and blessing. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. That's what Scripture says. It just says it. Have sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Being the same as others, recognizing what they value, sharing those yearnings and hopes for them, for their families, for their work, for their kids, and yet being different with encouragement, gentleness, love, compassion, of Christ going deeper than the Dallas Cowboys, being on the same footing as those around us, yet different by sharing the love of Christ with gentleness and respect, works at the Areopagus and at the Petroleum Club. Let's pray for God's uh, guidance on this. Lord God, we thank you. Um, for this wonderful opportunity to just be one with others, to identify with them, to recognize, to value what we share in common, to speak of it, to get on the same footing with people. And yet, Lord, this beautiful opportunity to be different, to, to reach deeper, to share about God's creation, our joy of family, the wonder of love and life, and to share your compassionate heart with them. We ask specifically for your prompting and guidance about how each of us can do that and love you, share blessing, and be blessed in the process. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, feel free to visit us online at ccanglican.com. We hope you will join us again soon.